You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome back to Beer, Baseball, and Binds. I'm Joe Catron here with Steve Carpenter, and we are privileged to have Mr. Ben Plant from Tampa Bay Brewing Company with us today, brewer and lab manager down at the Brewing Company. Ben, welcome, sir. Hi, guys. It's a very fancy title you gave me. You like that? <laughs> I do. I went with brewer and lab manager. I like it. It sounds like you guys all down there are wearing a lot of different hats, Ben. Uh, small we do. Brewer, a, lot of, a lot of great beer. Tell us a little bit about the team and the history of the uh, Tampa Bay Brewing Company. You know, we were, uh, we were brought up in 95. Uh, we've been around a long time. Uh, that doesn't mean we are lacking any, anything from the new wave of, of brewing. You know, we make a lot of high, uh, hazy uh, IPAs. Uh, cool pastry sours. Um, you know, our, our core brand is a uh, American pale ale reef donkey. It's really, yep. you know, it's a crushable summer beer year round beer, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, it's a great beer. I had the chance to, to try a reef donkey. I even brought a reef donkey t-shirt home from the last time I went down to visit you guys. It's right on. Great, great beer. Uh, Equinot, oh, yeah. Equinot Citra in that beer. Yep. A lot of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Steve, I know, uh, I mean, we're both Mariner fans, obviously, and we don't want to, we don't want to rub Ben's nose in it too much, but we just got done with a four game series with, with Ben's beloved Rays. Yeah. That ended up turning out pretty good for our, for our kids. Yeah. And uh, against the defending American league champions, no less. Uh, so congratulations on that, Ben. And you guys are still in good shape. You're, you're right up there with Boston. And uh, I know the ALS East is, is uh, typically a pretty tough division. But uh, right. I think with this, uh, tell us about this kid that came up last night and kind of shook things up against the Red Sox. Man, you know, with Boston too, though, we're only a game and a half back now. But if you're going to slump, this is the time of the year to slump, right? The dog um, is, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Waiter Franco comes up and, you know, he's batting 500, his first MLB debut. You know, he goes up to the plate, goes down 0-2 and, and draws a walk. Nerves of steel, man. Yeah. That's, and he, how old is he? He was born in 01. I think he's 20. Yeah, he's 20 years old. 20 years yeah, old. Yeah. Man, I got other first, old. Yeah, yeah first, first MLB player to make his debut, who was born in 01. So wow. that's awesome. I, you know, it's so fun to watch these kids come up. We've, we've got a prospect. I think he's the number four. He's not number one, like Wanger, but uh, Jared uh, Kelnick, uh, who, who came up for a, a few games and he started off very well too. I think he homered in a second game and, and uh, had some RBIs and, and, uh, even the outs were pretty loud outs. And then he started struggling and you could tell it kind of went to his head and they sent him back down after a 0 and 39 streak. I think something like that, but I've seen him enough in spring training. He's going to be a good one. He just needs to, to make that adjustment, to make that step. It's just fun to watch these young players play and baseball is a hard game. And when you can succeed at, at that young age, it kind of builds confidence and, Looking forward to see young Mr. Franco uh, continue to uh, succeed uh, uh, in his major league career. 
So what do you think, uh, Ben, about this sticky substance uh, rule? I, I, I know you guys had a, a young pitching star with great potential list, uh, Tyler, Tyler Glasnow, who's oh, kind of yeah, blaming yeah. the rule on, on, on an injury. On his injury, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm buying that, but what's your general take on the new rule? So if you ask me, I'd be like, let them keep their sticky stuff. Uh, make it hard for the hitters to hit. Let's adjust adjust the shift situation. Oh. You know, let's you know, if a pitcher's pitcher's going to be good, make it a pitcher's duel. Uh, but give the hitters a chance. Let them hit a gap ground ball to get a base hit. You know, instead of putting the third baseman behind the, the you know second base, you know, it's it, it, it's a, it's robbing the the base. It's robbing beauty from the game. I agree with you, Ben. I I, I think the shift should be banned in my opinion. Now that's just, it's robbing the integrity out of the game in my, in my opinion. Either that or yeah. you can throw your hands out in front and hit it to the other field. I mean, that's, well, there is a, that. kind of an old school uh, solution, but to hit them where they ain't. Sure. You do see batters starting to bunt when that third baseman's behind, behind second baseman, you'll see them lay down a bunt towards third base, yeah. taking the base hit. That's one yeah. thing the Rays have been good at small ball. Like if you have an sure. opportunity, Take the opportunity, move the guys around the bases, and score the old-fashioned way. Yep, yep, the Rays have always played National League ball in the American League, right? That's and it's yep. been wildly successful for them. They're, they're always in the bottom third, if not the bottom, you know, maybe five or you know four or five teams in payroll every year. Yeah, and oh, then for somehow sure. take it take a a team of ragtags to to the playoffs almost every year. So yeah, there's yeah. something to it for sure. I don't know if if if. If they let him keep using the sticky stuff, I can just almost picture Gaylord Perry starting to train and get ready for uh, his comeback. Uh, <laughs> comeback, yeah, comeback player of the year. <laughs> just give but, them a list of some of stuff they can and can't use, and and hold them to it. It yeah. just went unchecked for too long, and yeah, yeah, it was know. gray. It was gray for too long. People developed habits, uh, and. Yeah, it, it, it's something that's you, I can see either side of the argument. Um, I know, you know, most of us played baseball growing up, and I've never seen sticky stuff. That was way before my time, obviously. But people learn how to play baseball the right way. They're not – I mean, I coached my daughter's t-ball team this year, and we weren't doctoring the balls in any way. They, they learn how to play right, baseball right. in a traditional way, and they learn that. They learn that they can find, a, a you know, an unnatural advantage with these different products that – some spot in high school or college or minor leagues or somewhere. And yeah. it's become so ingrained in the culture and it's been unregulated, but also, you know, just kind of a gray area. So they got to make a move one or the other. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. Are, I mean, all the, the videos coming out too. Max Scherzer, the pitcher from Oakland. Th those were yeah. great last yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Joe, if you're, you know, coaching your T-ball pitchers to doctor the baseball, you're, T-ball coaching career might be pretty right. It's gonna be short. <laughs> uh, that's good. So, so Ben, if we could jump back a little bit into into the brewing in the brewing company down there, uh, you know, you guys have a fairly small team. I, I had the opportunity to, to visit you uh, a few months ago and, and get to know some of your team. You guys got a, you know, it's kind of that, that classic feel, like a, a beautiful operation. But like you said, it's it's uh, one of the first breweries, if not the first brewery in, in Tampa. But definitely update, updating methods, updating beer styles. Uh, I understand you've been using a lot of a lot of cryopop from YCH. 
Uh, how, how, what's your guys' experience been with that so far? We're drinking cryo pop here, and it's just jumping out of the can. Oh, it, it's great, and I've been meaning to ask you guys what's in that that blend because it, it's perfect for these juicy beers, man. Uh, I'm drinking one of ours, Tropical Depression, and you know you pick up all sorts of tropical stuff, and then what seems like coconut, which pops from like uh, Sabro. So I was, I was hoping I can get you guys the little insight on what's in there. Yeah, I mean the answer is yes. You 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 hit them all. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. We could we could probably uh, tell you a bit, but then we'd have to kill you. So you know, and you seem like a nice guy. He's got a young family and stuff. So it's yeah. it's an interesting product in that uh, you know the sensory team, the technical people, they kind of picked out some some flavors that we thought might be interesting to brewers, and then so they started with the flavor and kind of built it around that flavor. So there's a lot of different hops uh, that are used in it. I personally don't know which ones are, uh, but uh, uh, I, I think I can probably find out. Yeah, Ben, I agree with you. I, I definitely perceive some Neo-Mexicanus profile there, some of that Sabro-esque uh, yeah. tropical, little coconut little white notes. And like Steve, you know, there's, there's a reason Steve and I are on the baseball podcast. They, they keep us out of the lab and all the important spots in the company. They keep us out in the hop fields and behind this desk here doing podcasts. So, yeah, we don't want to get into the lab incident, as they call it now, but uh, we're not allowed <laughs> 500 yards of that place. So. Right. Uh, it's good to know you guys are enjoying it and, you, and using it uh, and it's expressing well in your beers. So that's, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. We're really excited about that, that product line up here. So. Good to hear. Oh, yeah. It's from y'all. Hey, you know, one of the fun things about Tampa Bay and Seattle is they seem to be kind of favored nation trading partners over the years. Uh, Mike Zunino's doing a great job down there. I mean, he's he's never going to hit much higher than 200, but he's got, what, 14 or 15 home runs, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and he's a great defensive catcher. I don't think Zunino gets enough credit for that. I mean, he's a great framer of pitches he's one of the best. And, and works well with the pitching staff. I know what that oh, yeah. one really enjoyed about him in Seattle. So yeah. hopefully he's working out. I know he's a little closer to home there too, because he grew up in Florida. Yeah. He, uh, I don't remember where he's from. I looked him up again, where exactly he was from. I just don't, I didn't write it down, but he's hitting what? 193, 30 RBIs and 14 home runs. You yeah, know, definitely nice. more of a defensive catcher, but a solid piece. Yeah, he can do for power. I know he went to the University of Florida, and I assume okay. he grew up down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see on that. And we've had a lot. You know, Jake Fraley seems to be doing fairly well for the Mariners now. Uh, he was injured earlier in the year and had kind of a rough spring training, but he's an old Tampa Bay guy. So, uh, yeah, there just seems to be a kind of a four-way highway of trading possibilities between the, the Rays and the Mariners. Which because the Rays are always overachieving and making a playoff push and need a piece. Yeah. And we're always underachieving and looking to sell off pieces. That's I think it works. That works out good. That's probably a yeah. good theory. Yeah. Yeah. That might change this year. Who knows? Well, I, if I had money to bet and I don't, I, I'd probably put it on Tampa Bay getting to the playoffs before the Mariners did this year. Fair enough. But, but there's some young guys that uh, the future looks pretty good for, for Seattle. Absolutely. But, uh, so uh, what was it like last year in the, uh, in the fall, uh, getting to the world series? And I, I know the, 
the Dodgers have a great team, but uh, it's that's a, something we've never experienced here in Seattle through our 44-year history as a World Series. What was that like for you last fall? You know, with, with the atmosphere the way it was, you know, it was interesting because everybody wanted to be able to go go to the games and support. Um, but by, by that time, uh, they were in Texas at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a buddy go, oh, I'm going to the World Series. You want to come with me? And I'm pretty sure I looked at my wife and I said, hey, you want to go to the World Series? She goes, I would, but if you go, I can't go. And if I go, you can't go. And if you go without me, I, I might hurt you. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's a good woman. Yeah. <laughs> so the the fact of not being able to go to the games, it, it was it was hard, and then you couldn't go to you couldn't really go out and watch the games with a bunch of people and crowds. So it was it was definitely different. The the team definitely had the support of the city, uh, but it was it was hard to really rally and get behind everybody since you're at home watching the games. How are things down there now, Ben? I, I was down there, when was that? Maybe February of this year? Earlier this year. Uh, yeah. The things were, at least definitely coming from Washington, Florida felt very open and, and back to some semblance of normalcy. How are things yeah. down there now? Um, how, are, how are you guys doing specifically at Tampa Bay Brewing Company with starting to see people come back in the door? I know a lot of your business has got business in package and business in draft and how are you guys starting to see things come back? Uh, we're, we're pretty wide open. If we get an empty tank, we fill it as soon as possible. You know, the, the state has a pretty good vaccination rate. So we're moving, moving things along pretty well. As far as being open, you know, there's, uh, most of the mass mandates are gone. Uh, places are 100% open. The brewery is obviously pretty busy. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. You guys got a couple of locations, right? I just went to one, but you got a, got a couple down there in, in the Bay Area? Yeah, yeah. You were up, uh, at our production facility in West Chase, um, yep. but we have the original spot, which is an Ebor. Um, okay. We have a 10-barrel pub system there. Uh, put out some good beers from them, too. So we're just empty tanks filling them, <laughs> pushing cool that's, stuff out constantly. That, that's great to hear, man. I know Ebor City really struck me as a just a fascinating really fun place to visit oh yeah it got hit Chicken, really hard chickens all over the street and, uh, <laughs> just a, a cool cool vibe down there oh for sure yeah it's a it's a cool place it's a big party city when things are rocking and it's starting to get back to normal a little bit every day so that's good to hear you know you will have next january an invasion of hop growers because the annual hop grower convention is in Tampa Bay. So oh. just to forewarn you, you'll, you'll want to have the tanks full before the hop growers get there because they can empty them in a hurry. Awesome. Um, I've seen that happening. And you guys uh, make a significant uh, amount of sour beers as well. Tell us a little bit about that. So we, we've gotten into, because a lot of us really enjoy uh, the pastry sours. <clears throat> so we'll make these kettle sours with lactose in them and just put a mess of fruit in them. Uh, you know, lately we've been doing a bunch with blackberry, like the pie type beers. So we did blackberry. We've done peach. We've done so many. It's hard to think of them. Strawberries. 
you know, we've also done uh, the cheesecakes, make beers, oh, you know, wow. sour beers like cheesecakes and stuff. It, it's it's a trip what we've been able to accomplish in uh, in flavors. So it is an interesting beer city, Steve. Uh, yeah. I've never been in you. Well, been, I don't know that, that when I went down to visit you guys, it was the first time I'd ever been anywhere in Florida. And Tampa is still the only only place I've ever been down there. But I was just surprised, you know, knowing how it's, you know, 90% humidity and 90 degrees most days and people drinking Belgian triples, people drinking pastry stouts, imperial stouts. And then, you know, of course, it was like if every brewery you went to, it was like really good IPAs and really good sours. And those made sense. But I was, I was just kind of taken back by the, the big 9% dark beers and Belgian triples and things down there. It's kind of interesting beer scene. Yeah. You kind of get used to the heat a little bit. You acclimate to it, and you're just kind of like, well, 60 degrees to us, we have our winter coats on. So we're like, yeah. what sounds good at 60 degrees? And I want a good, viscous, high ABV beer. Let's go crush them. <laughs> <laughs> I would think sour beers would pair pretty well with the warmer, humid climate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That fruity background. And uh, I, I'm personally, I, I enjoy a sour every once in a while, but they don't pair well with IPAs. I can do one or the other, but not both. My stomach starts to, starts to turn on. Yeah, it starts rejecting yeah. uh, what's what I've been putting in it. Uh, but uh, it's a temple. You have to take care of your body. <laughs> That's right. You can. I can still, at my age, strike a match on any part of my body. It, it won't light. <laughs> it won't light. Like <laughs> they end up folding over after yeah. all. Like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So you We've, guys. Uh, Go ahead. You guys are up to uh, what, 15,000, 18,000? How many barrels are you guys brewing down there now? Uh, uh, last I heard, we're between 15 and 17,000 projected oh, this year. That's great. Yeah. And we, we stayed pretty busy last year. Um, distribution really helped us in that, in that fact. So, yeah. And, and we had cans on hand, which was good. Yeah. It seemed like the brewers with, uh, that could put the beer in the cans or the bottles uh, did pretty well. The guys that, you know, relied on a high percentage of tap beer, the ones that really uh, suffered. And I, I think my guess is I haven't looked at the numbers. My guess is because Florida was, uh, you know, fairly quick to open up. I would think that uh, the, the beer production and consumption there was uh, pretty decent compared to other States. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't give our, our packaging team a shout out too right now because they they took a beating putting all that beer in cans every day. So we have one of the best in the in the business. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Good shout out. Now those the production guys are unsung heroes quite often. Uh or the packaging guys rather. You know, production guys yeah. get all the they they give you the brewery tours and they get to take all the photo ops and those the packaging folks. Uh they do a lot of work and a lot of weird hours typically. Yeah. Yeah. They work hard. They do a great job. <laughs> so Tampa Bay being in the American league East, uh, the Rays, um, who do you guys, who's your biggest rival in terms of teams that come into town and, uh, I mean, who the fans get really excited about rooting against. Oh, against probably the Yankees because when when the Yankees show up our our fan base sometimes gets swallowed up by their fan base oh yeah 
Yeah, because yeah. we get a lot of transplants from New York, New England. So them and, and Boston are kind of up there with uh, with hatred. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of a universal rule. Uh, I see the same things even in Seattle. Uh, they travel well, and and so they uh, – you guys so, – so the Grapefruit League plays down in that uh, area, uh, <laughs> which – which ballparks are the closest to the brewery, uh, spring training ballparks? Uh, the Blue Jays in Dunedin. Uh, we have um, the Phillies. They're like the Palm Harbor area. Clearwater. They're actually Clearwater. Uh, I'm forgetting one. I know it. We have those two there. Uh, we have um, New York. They're in downtown, essentially. Sure. And the Braves aren't too far away. They're um, further south down the Skyway. Forgetting the Port Port Charlotte or not Port Charlotte. Uh, so are you, are you able uh, to get away and get to some spring training games and see some of the, the players as they're getting ready for the season? I do. Um, my wife, obviously a big baseball fan too. Uh, we go to as many spring training games. We grew up in Atlanta, so we're Atlanta fans too. So we go down to their spring training facility. We saw, I think, two games last year playing the Rays. Uh, we've been out to uh, uh, Detroit's team. They're, uh, they're a little further inland towards Central Florida. We went to a couple of their games. So we go to as many spring training games as we can. A couple of times going to Clearwater, uh, to Steinbrenner Field, and – near us they're only a couple miles from us actually so that's awesome you know i think uh i've I've not been to the spring training in florida but i I go every year down in arizona and uh i'm just curious in florida i mean the big thing in in uh, phoenix right now is when they build a new spring training facility they usually do it with another team and then they share the facility and and do a home and away thing um, is that the case in Florida? Are there teams that share ballparks or is it pretty much one team per, per ballpark? Usually it's just one team per ballpark here. Uh, I know like in Clearwater, Dunedin and uh, the, the New York and Tampa, they have minor league teams, whether they're low A or double um, A teams that are actually playing there. Oh, sure. During, yeah. during uh, non-spring training. Yeah, but. yeah, that'd be cool to get down there and watch some spring training in Florida. Just yeah. see the difference. The other thing that's really nice about Arizona is uh, there's ten ballparks, fourteen teams, and the ballparks are all within about an hour's driving distance. Oh so, wow! Uh, you can really see a variety of games in a short period of time. Oh, that'd be so, cool. It's a nice thing. What's the what's the what's the forecast for for you guys? What are you looking forward to uh, over the rest of this year? Uh man, we have this hop silo series that we do, uh, where we use, you know, experimental uh, techniques or hops and stuff. Like we've used a cryo pop in it and stuff. And we have a uh, our next hop silo series coming up with Hop Butcher. That's going to be a lot of fun. They're out of Chicago. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, yeah, we have a. Uh, a couple new hazies coming out that don't necessarily have names yet, but um, they're in the works. They're going to be 
pretty rad. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Hot Butcher's making it. some noise, man. Those guys, uh, it's good to see them finally get a brick-and-mortar facility of their own there in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, excited about the rest of the season with the Rays. We'll snap out of this losing streak we're in, you know, quit striking out, go back to walking. <laughs> yeah, avoid, avoid the Mariners at all costs, man. We got your number. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid the big innings. That's what's killing yeah, us right now. No kidding. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Just just raise up. Let's go. Awesome. There you go. Well, Ben, we appreciate your time, sir. And uh, we encourage you next time you, you and the crew are up, up in our neck of the woods. We'd love, love to show you around and uh, drink some beer and maybe go to a Mariners game and uh, Heck yeah. take you around the hot fields and share, share some more time together. It's been, been great, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Whether you're brewing beer or watching baseball, we wish you nothing but great hops. 